Welcome to Hash Time with Navguzi Chuanuka. This is a place where we help you unravel social constructs, discuss self-development in line with mental health, emotional well-being, and everything in between that directly or indirectly affects us in the millennial world around us. If you're hearing my voice for the first time and are the kind of person who is not scared of being a better version of yourself even if it requires you to contradict who you were 24 hours ago, consider this your virtual home. I'm your host, Navguzi Chuanuka, and I cannot wait to engage with you in the various conversations. Welcome to this special episode of our podcast where we delve into the need for a digital detox and the packs of reclaiming balance in the digital age. Joined by digital safety expert Cecilia Mawundu, we explore the packs of disconnecting from social media and embracing mindful practices. If anything resonates with you during our conversation, share your thoughts using the hashtag HTNK in session. Get ready to find your balance in this tech-driven world. Let's dive into it. Cecilia, welcome to Hashtag with Nabguzi Chuanka. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it was, uh, I feel like it was some sort of short notice, but I'm really glad that you came through. It means a lot. Uh, no problem. So for someone that has no single awareness of who Cecilia is, we're talking, I'm in Uganda. She's uh, right there in mm-hmm. Kenya, I'm assuming. Did you return? Yes, I came back home, yes. Yes, so she is in Kenya and uh, we're going to be speaking about the digital safety or the best ways that someone can safeguard themselves while enjoying these social media platforms. You remember when we had uh, episode 107, the guest mentioned that social media are the new drug lords that we have. And yes, uh, <laughs> yeah. So before we dive into the conversation, help us understand who Cecilia is. Well, uh, Cecilia is a broadcast journalist. She's a digital security trainer. I'm also an African Union Media Fellow. I work at the intersection of technology, human rights, and journalism with a focus on countering uh, online abuse against women journalists and minority groups online. And I'm also a podcaster like yourself. I have a podcast. It's called Digital Data Podcast, where I deal with issues to do with cyber violence and digital security. The agenda is to create a safe space internet, to encourage safe conversation online, to create a feminist internet, a feminist that is inclusive. Right, 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 right. And how did you get to this kind of space? Is it something that you've always wanted to do growing up? Yeah, actually, I wanted to be in radio, but I never, um, I never made it to radio. I actually did a few interviews, but I didn't make it to radio. However, when I started my podcast, it was because I really felt like the issue of uh, cyber violence was not being addressed in mainstream media, and I needed a place where we can address this issue, was which was really affecting women, women and minority groups, which it is still is, and that's how I started Digital Data through uh, general funding from an organization called APC, Association for Progressive Communication, uh, whereby they also advocate for spaces online. They spread awareness on the issue of of safety online. Safety online. When someone hears the term safety online, most people have this imagination that as long as you're behind the screen, you're not in direct contact with anyone. There's nothing like safety. You are totally safe. Nothing serious. So just a little bit for someone to understand what safety on. I know we had, I did have a conversation with some uh, people in the digital space for the Women's Day uh, recording, podcast Mm -hmm. live recording. But Mm -hmm. to further hone this advocacy that you're working with, can you help us understand the bit of 
digital safety and why is it important? Well, now our lives have moved online. If there's anything COVID-19 and the code was the importance of the internet, our lives are online, especially us who are journalists. We have no... We don't have the luxury of saying I'm not interested in being online. So when you're online, meaning your information is online, people can find you online. So what? how do you protect that information? That is what we call digital security, digital safety, being able to safeguard your data because there's so many things that take place on the uh, online. There's hacking, there's phishing, there's malware, there's all that. There's cyber violence. So how are you able to protect yourself and your information? Remember, there's no... Uh, distinction between the online and offline, it is one thing. Yeah. So how the same way you go to your house, you you lock your door at night, you lock your windows. The same way, how can you be able to protect this information? Mm-hmm. Yes, 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 is, yes. In a nutshell, that is what digital safety is all about. Remember, we are living in what we call a data economy. Data is the new oil. You know, it is the new kid on the block. And remember, we are on this social media platform, this tech platform, and most of the time, their their business model is selling your data to advertisers. You know, <sighs> yes, that that bit, yes, <laughs> yes, that bit. There is something so free, strange. <laughs> if it, if it's free, you're the product. If, if it's free, you're the product. Yeah, whether you like it or not, it is right. We, there's a time when I was having. I don't know, even I've seen people make a joke about data collection. I've also watched the Cambridge Analytica, what is that, documentary. Yes. And, but I've noticed sometimes when I'm talking to someone, just having a conversation off, not even chats, just talking. Maybe I'm talking to you right now. And the moment I get off the phone, probably they're going to start sharing content about digital safety. You're like, dude, you guys. So... When you talk about the information being sold and uh, us having this understanding of what the attention engineers do in these mm-hmm. social media companies, mm-hmm. how does it affect the person, the user themselves, the free user that is? So your information, let me tell you, they can collect bits and pieces of your information to a point they can know exactly who you are. And that's what Cambridge Analytica did. Remember, Kenya was a victim of Cambridge Analytica scandal uh, during the elections of 2017, whereby they used social media to be able to push certain candidates. So they would take your information and be able to, uh, I don't know if the right word is curated, you know. So they were able to push uh, certain candidates. Yes. So your information can be pissed in business and by the end of the day, they they can tell this is Cecilia, this is so and so. That's why we keep saying you have to be careful because your information, with even the way technology is going, all that bits and pieces of information can be traced back to you. Right, right, yes. right, 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 right. <laughs> and then for the, because when I was talking about the, specifically the attention engineers, I was drawing towards the, fact that someone gets to become a prisoner of their device that the moment you place it aside there are days when i take social media breaks and Mm -hmm. you're noticing that they're desperate they're giving me notifications of pictures i posted 10 years ago like guys calm down it's a break they are called algorithms those algorithms are being engineered to get your attention as much as 
possible. The idea is to make you stay on their platform as long as possible. That's why if you like fashion, you'll find like everything about fashion is what you're getting on your timeline. If you like food, that's what you you get on your timeline. You love travel like myself. That is what you will find on your timeline. So the idea is to keep you there, hold you there as long as possible. And that's why they're saying it is addictive. That's why they're, they're saying that it has been related to so many health issues. Because the longer they keep you there, the more information of yours they are able to have it. Then this information they're able to sell to the advertisers. And that's why tech companies are making a lot of money. Yeah. Yes. Through yes. the selling of someone's data? Yeah, selling someone's data and also that is 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 um is uh for example selling like when you sell my data, I don't gain from it, but you gain from it. So there's only one party, meaning the one party is really gaining so much. And how does someone get to is there a way that someone gets to protect themselves from this? There is a way and that's why we keep saying first of all the first thing that you need to do is you need to know like your do you have uh, strong passwords there is an organization called Tactical Tech Tactical Tech is based in Berlin they deal with um, non-government organization and it, on the issue of technology and they have something called data detox kit the data detox kit has all the information on how to be safe online there's also an organization called pen america pen america is based in new york they have uh, freedom of expression organization they have created resources on the issue of online safety so first the first thing i would always encourage people is about your password i'm sure everyone has a password so mm-hmm. how strong is your password you know password is your first line of defense it might seem so simple but it is your first line of defense. And when we talk about password, we are talking about a password for each of your accounts. Nowadays, we have like, you find someone has three Twitter accounts, three Facebook accounts, or maybe, you know, we have all those accounts. Yeah. Every account should have a, their password of their own because if you have one password and cross board, what if somebody is able to hack that password? You always have a different password for every of your account. There's something called a passphrase. For example, if a password you feel like creating a password is too long, have something what we call a passphrase. For example, my passphrase could be I, I love hash password. I love hash podcast 2022. You know, make sure your password, passphrase or password has different characters in it and the longer it is the better it is you actually you can even uh, create a password in your mother tongue you know something you will not forget it's even harder to crack another thing if you feel uh, you have too many passwords have what you call a password manager where you can be able to store all your passwords with password manager you only have to remember one password which we call the master password and also when we come to communication there's something called secure messaging apps we always advocate for an app called Signal. I don't know if you've heard of Signal. Signal is very secure. It is end-to-end encryption. It's also an open source, uh, secure uh, messaging app. And when we mean uh, what we mean by open source is the code is in the public domain. So if the public wants to audit and find out how much of their information that Signal stores, they can be able to do it. Oh, also, yeah. there's another secure messaging app. It's called Wire. Wire, you don't actually need to use your phone number. You can use your email address always try and look for a safer option when it comes to maybe you're searching for information online there's um uh, not a browser a search engine called DuckDuckGo. DuckDuckGo is also an open source uh, so you can be able to use that to search for your information online and also trying we call it um 
don't overshare your information. We are in the era whereby everyone wants to tell everyone what they're doing. Yeah. No, <laughs> I, I always say it's good to keep some things to yourself. You know, with this generation, you feel like oh, you have to be validated. And for you to be validated, you have to tell people whatever is happening in your life. This is information can be sometimes being used against you. So also uh, be cautious of what you put online, especially for people who are parents. Don't put where your kids go to school. Um, we also encourage parents not to share photos. There's something called sharenting and you talked about it in one of your episodes yeah. and I was very impressed by your guests when they say they're not comfortable sharing photos of their children. You know, these children will grow up and some of them don't want to be on social media. They would mm-hmm. not have wanted to on social media. So all those uh, nitty gritty things is good to look at and also being kind and, and empathetic online. People are very harsh for lack of a better word and that's why we come to the issue of online violence. If it is something that you don't like, you don't if you don't like, don't amplify it. Only amplify what you love. You know, don't go online and attack people. You know, the problem with the virtual space, we feel like it's not real. On the contrary, it is so real. And just because it happens behind the keyboard does not make any any, uh, any less real. And when you talk to uh, victims of cyber violence, cyber violence has mental health issues. Yeah. It's a public health issue. This same issues people suffer from physical violence, they do suffer. They suffer from anxiety, they suffer from stress, lack of sleep. So those people that are trolls are harassing online, they're real people with real family, with people who love them. So, and that violence is not only affecting them, it's affecting the people they love. And also uh, the law is yet to catch up with technology and we need the law to catch up with technology mm-hmm. so that we can bring these perpetrators of online non-violence to book. Because, for example, when you you say you're going to, you're, you've been harassed online and you're going to report to the police, you go to the police and you say I've been abused on Instagram. You know, you can even encounter a question like who is Instagram, you know. <laughs> so when you yeah, so when a question like that is thrown your way, it takes your back and you're like, oh, what do you mean who, who is Instagram? So where do you start when you encounter such things? Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you've noticed and I, I, I interviewed um, a girl called Esther Burungi the other day, Burungi, and you know it is the same thing even in Kenya. You find victims of online violence, the violence is amplified by victim, victim shaming. Right. You know, the victim is even harassed more and then they praise the perpetrators of this. We, we're in a culture whereby we praise the wrong thing, mm-hmm. you know. So all those things contribute to people not reporting the violence, people mm-hmm. just keeping quiet and people feeling ashamed because they've been harassed online. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. When you talk about the part of smartly using our devices and also protecting mm-hmm. ourselves in every possible way, you put up something... Okay, I don't, I don't want to say you. <laughs> I don't know if you're the one who's yeah. behind yeah. the Digital Data yeah. Podcast Twitter account. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I found it so beautiful because uh, when you look at the theme for this year's Mental Health Awareness Week and Month, mm-hmm. we talked mm-hmm. about anxiety. And one of the things that are spiraling our anxiety in, into uncontrollable ways is the fact that we lack the ability of keeping ourselves attentive to one thing. Like we could be having a conversation here and my Facebook is chiming, my Twitter is chiming, my WhatsApp is buzzing. So you shared something on smartphones for smart habits, an infographic Mm -hmm. on that. Would you please share Mm -hmm. some light on that for us to have a clearer understanding? 
Well, one of the things that I really encourage is digital detox. I don't know if you've heard of digital detox. We have been accustomed to things that we can't exist without these devices. It's a lie. It's such a lie. I don't know if you've been in a situation where your phone has gone off and you have not died. Like... <laughs> Why are of we course. acting like our life, like these are oxygen uh, tanks we are carrying around? It's not, you know. Yeah. 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 And we've been accustomed to think that our life begins and ends with this. On the contrary, no, it's not. And unfortunately, also, we are not searching for the right things online. You know, because the center, the digital platform is so powerful. It's mm-hmm. so powerful. This is the era whereby I'm not a baker, but if I wanted, I'll, I will be a baker by the end of this month. Because yeah. I just go to YouTube and I will get all the skills I need. But now, unfortunately, we are watching the wrong thing. You know, yes, social media is there for entertainment. I don't refuse. And everything in life has to be a balance. But when you're on this platform for enjoyment full time, no, then that's where we talk about wasting your time. You know, back to what I was talking about, digital detox, you you have to get to a space whereby you put your phones away, you put your gadgets away. You know, you can start by two hours in a day or even you can start two hours on a Sunday or a Saturday afternoon. Or and then you, you graduate to five hours and then you get to a point on Sunday, you don't touch your phone. You also have to learn because they say the, the most connected generation is the loneliest generation. It's true because I could be seated there with you, but I'm on my phone. Yeah. And we are losing that moment. We are losing that connection. What I've seen something where an older lady, a younger person Mm. had gone to her with his problems, but Mm. she was on her phone playing games and he was Mm. expressing himself. And I was like, no, 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 no. You need to look at this person because in communication, there is body language, there is tonation, there is so much that you get to miss when you're looking at the device. So I was like, this is wrong. They say we are struggling as millennials, but... Even the older generation that has gotten a hang of what social media looks like, it's crazy. We are going to be terribly lonely. We are not understood. You tell someone your problems, they're entirely on their phones. And then by the time they, you say something else, they're like, oh, how did that happen? Like, dude, I just said that. Because they're not Exactly. Yeah. And you bring in a very unique perspective, which is we are so disconnected. And I can tell you, there is nothing more beautiful than human connection. These gadgets have lied to us that when you have this phone, you have the world on your hands. It's true. But which world? You have like a thousand. I'm not I'm not an influencer, so I don't have like a million followers, mm-hmm. you know. But even the friends I have on Instagram, they're over a thousand. If you think I know all those people? <laughs> no. <laughs> on the contrary, I don't. Maybe yeah. on a personal level, I only know 50. And maybe those 50, only 15 can come to my rescue when I'm in problem. Mm-hmm. So let's learn to form human connection. And for that to happen, we have to keep these devices away. You know, we have to feel like of this connection that we actually had before all these devices came into being. Yes. Yeah. And I know the digital platform is also a blank check. It's just how much you decide to pay yourself. Mm-hmm. It's how much. Look at you. You have created a podcast. Myself, I've created a podcast and I can tell that the podcast has really been such a good booster in my life, in professionally and both on my personal, on my personal level. It is good to be able to balance 
and take advantage of the platform, but in a positive way. Right, 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 right. In a positive way, that's, that's that's the most important part for us to understand. Yes. So, is there anything else that you feel like we might have left out that is important for us to air out? Okay, I would want to talk about uh, people reporting the issues of online violence. Uh, one of the things that is as has been a problem is reporting. There is a lot of a lot of underreporting, yeah. and because. Yeah for fear of appearing very vulnerable. So what I would say is we need to champion for policies that encourage women and minority groups to be able to report digital violence. We need to develop or even update the laws and recognize that what we have right now is not working, you know. And the reporting, we keep saying the reporting process is one of the most challenging aspects of managing online abuse because when you report even to the tech companies, I don't know if you've ever reported someone, it takes like forever and you're left in the dark not knowing what happened and then after some time when they come back to you, they say, oh, it not it did not interfere with that community standard and you're like, oh, really? yes. Didn't do what? Yes. You know? Let me Was tell that you. a mad person let me yes. tell you, let me tell you. So there is a time when someone sent me a friend request and I think on their profile picture or cover picture, they had a child who was naked and I reported the account. Mm-hmm. And these guys responded with, no, we have not seen any problem with that. But you're going to be in the comment section and they're going to take something out of context and they're going to put you in Facebook jail. And you're mm-hmm. like, can you guys get serious? Because now we're also looking at Twitter where the nudity of women is a normalcy. People just share anything. They just share people's pictures. They share videos. And nothing is taken down. You're like, how is this working? Exactly. Even during violence, you see dead bodies. And you're like, what? So those are some of the things that I'm talking about. And also these tech uh, companies need to be accountable. They need to be accountable of what is happening on their platform. You know, we need to demand more from them mm-hmm. so that we can be able to create an inclusive internet, an internet that gives people the space to express themselves. We just celebrated World Press Freedom Day. And one of the things that came out in a meeting that I was in Zambia is the issue of how social media has become a fertile ground for disinformation, yeah. misinformation, yeah. and making women journalists work so, so hard. So those are some of the things that we need to advocate for. And we need to speak up, especially as we're from the global south, where whereby we are not heard very well, for lack of a better statement. All those we need to talk about, and it is platforms like yours that will be able to make all this possible. Mm-hmm. Cecilia, how do you take care of yourself? What is self-care to you? I want to say, first of all, self-care is very subjective. It's not objective, right. and it's very individual. For example, my self-care is working. I can walk even for 15 kilometers 15? because I get to, yes, or even more. Huh. And that is the time I get to be able to just reflect uh, on what I'm doing on what I'm going to be able to do. It is such a Zen moment for me. And I like walking in the forest. In Kenya, we have Karura Forest. So it's very quiet. You walk, right now it's raining, so it's, it's kind of hard, but it's such a zen and, you know, that moment that you feel you're so in touch with yourself, that is self-care for me. Self-care is not what consumerism has made it to be. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's not about going for a massage or going for a holiday in New York or Bali. All those things are nice. Oh, hell, who doesn't want to go to New York? <laughs> I know I do. Yes, but self-care is an individual basis. Even sleep is self-care. Mm-hmm. Even reading is self-care. Yeah. Even me meeting you for coffee and us laughing together, that is self-care. 
people need to curate what is self-care and people need to practice what is self-care. People need to practice their own self-care. Mm-hmm. So self-care is very visual. It is not objective yeah. and it is not what consumerism has made it to be. Self-care is not shopping and buying the most expensive hardware. No. On the contrary, nothing could be further from the truth. Yeah. Yes. Thank you so much for your knowledge. You're welcome. So for anyone that wants to get in touch with you, how do they get in touch? They need to look out. First of all, they need to look out for digital data. Data yes, podcast. They need to look, yes, yes, digital YouTube. data podcast. I'm on YouTube. I'm on Spotify. I'm on Amazon. I'm on all those uh, podcast platforms. Please check out Digital Data Podcast. We need your support like we do need your support because creating content <laughs> it's not a joke. <laughs> Let me say like a Kenyan. It's not a walk in the park. It's not for the faint-hearted. You know, when I saw your podcast and you're on episode over 100, I'm like, what is she doing right that I'm not doing? You know? <laughs> yeah. It's not a joke. Like, we need, we need support. You know, yeah. like, consume our content. Give us feedback. What don't you like? What do you like? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Cecilia Maundu. You can find me on uh, Twitter at Dada Podcast. You can find me on LinkedIn at, at Cecilia Maundu. All on my social platform, I'm, on, I'm Cecilia Maundu. I would love to interact with your audience. You know, it would be very nice. Yeah. Thank you mm. so much for your time. It means a lot. I, I, I hope we were able to get your point across home. You know, sometimes I'm a journalist. So sometimes you call someone to the studio and as they are talking, you're like, oh, mm. The angle of this story is not what I really intended to be. I so I, I just hope. I got yes. that before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, what am I going to do with this story? So what do I change? <laughs> so I need to change the storyline. So I hope you got what exactly what you've done great. You've done great. Yeah. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for having me. Thank you too. Have yes. a great evening. I wanted you to say it in Swahili, but my Swahili is terrible, man. <laughs> oh, Asante, Sana, now. Now, I'm looking forward also to host you on Digital Dada. Podcast. I would be happy to be there. Yes. Let me know when the episode go, goes on air so that I can uh, forward it to my friends and tell them, hey, <laughs> I've gone global now. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm international. <laughs> yes. It's going to be out next week. Okay, thank you so much. Asante, Sana, Asante, Sana. Ah, yeah. And that wraps up our eye-opening episode on reclaiming balance in the digital age. We hope you found our discussion on the need for digital detox insightful and inspiring. Remember, finding balance in the digital age is an ongoing journey. Take lessons learned from today and apply them to your daily life. Disconnect from the digital noise, prioritize your well-being and embrace moments of mindfulness. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, make sure you subscribe to Hashtag with Naukuzichuanka in your podcast platform of choice and share it with your friends, loved ones, and everyone that you believe is affected by the millennial world around us. Also, make sure that you stay tuned for future episodes where we explore various aspects of holistic well-being. We'd also love to hear your feedback and thoughts on today's episode. Feel free to reach out to us on social media using the hashtag Session or tag us. We are at hashtag we on Facebook and Instagram and on Twitter our handle is at Podcast. Your engagement and support mean the world to us. Until next time, take care and find balance and remember you have the power to shape 
your digital experiences for a happier and healthier life. Ciao.